Hey, it's really good to be back with you. I've missed you. I don't know if it's been uh, that way for you on the other side of the lens here, but I have certainly missed you. Uh, just grateful for Logan uh, taking care of uh, last Sunday. And uh, Julie and I have had COVID and uh, she was more sick than me. And uh, when she had it, I didn't. And when I did, she didn't. So we kind of flip-flopped and it's just been a long haul and I'm glad to be back and thanks for your prayers uh, for those of you who knew about it and I'm not full go. Uh, I'll give you my best, whatever that is today, but it's just good to be back with you. We're uh, at the first of every year. I, I, I hit the highlights of who we are, the strategies that we have just to remind our people and even to remind you and challenge you with this. In what we're dealing with now is we're in a series called Here, Go, and Do, and it's based on James 1.22. Uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We all start as hearers. We all do. And then we transform and transfer uh, into being doers of the word, not just hearers only. <clears throat> and James uh, sets that up skillfully in his, uh, in his book, so uh, today, uh, we've been handling the Big Five, and Logan got to handle worship in the Big Five. Uh, they're a daily practice of worship and fellowship, discipleship, evangelism, and ministry. That sounds like a whole lot to get in a day's time. And you can actually do that just living the kingdom life. It will occur. And we want to focus on you being able to do that. We call it a daily practice of the Big Five. So Logan handled worship today. I'm handling fellowship and hope it's a challenge to you. Acts 2.42 is the verse that I've chosen uh, to use with you today, and let me read it to you. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Let's pray together. Father, help me be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person, or their situation, if they're watching, listening, or both. <clears throat> if you prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us, but you see me differently. And uh, I'm a teacher of your word. I'm your preacher. And upon me is a great judgment, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Uh, we, uh, When I mention fellowship, uh, what do you think of? Now, I tell people that I'm a country boy, but I'm an educated country boy. And uh, I have a, my computer that I have at home in my office, uh, the Osbournes, uh, Michael and Amy, gave me a sticker. It says, country is cornbread. I put it right on my computer, and I am. I'm, I'm that, uh, but I've, I've tried and strived myself in higher education, academics. Uh, I am no doubt a country boy, but hopefully an educated country boy. And in that, uh, if, you, if I mention fellowship to me in my culture of what I grew up in and even what I live in today, <clears throat> what I think of, what do you think of? Well, for me, I, I think of uh, what in the church is called a fellowship hall. I think of potlucks, any reason to get together to eat. Uh, I can think of small groups. I can remember Julie and I were newly married. Uh, one of the big things in the church for young married couples was progressive dinner parties. Do you, maybe you remember those. You, 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 there's this group, maybe eight or ten of you. 
you go to one house for a salad or an appetizer, you go to another house for a salad, another house for the main meal, and then you go travel to another house for the for the dessert. <clears throat> and, uh, and at that time of the night, the decaf coffee, right? So uh, I think of those. It's to pop, uh, Fellowships would be hanging out, whether it's on the church campus, off the church campus, or it could be both. Uh, that that just speaks of my culture when it comes to fellowship. Somebody in a metropolitan city <clears throat> would maybe have a different picture of what all that looks like. But uh, it is a picture of cultural fellowship in uh, uh, what I've just explained to you. But we're going to have to take a look at biblical, biblical fellowship. Uh, in the New Testament, <clears throat> there was a common word back in the 70s and the 80s, a Greek word, but churches used it like crazy because they found it out. Uh, it's the word koinonia, which uh, means having everything in common. It's a, it's a sharing. It's a picture of a community in a, <clears throat> a sense of community. The Sunday school classes were called koinonia class. Ministries were called koinonia classes. Small groups had that. They even had koinonia programs uh, that you could do for, a, you know, like a semester in the year. And just everything was based on this word and it's having common ground, sharing in common ground, living in a community. And uh, obviously in the New Testament, koinonia is a picture of biblical fellowship. But I want to start, I want to start with where I believe the Bible says fellowship starts with biblical fellowship. First and foremost, Fellowship is with God. That's why Jesus came. Uh, Jesus said, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. We, we were, I'm an enemy of God. He died, he died, he reconciled me to God. My surrender to Jesus. And my only way through to God is through Jesus. More specifically, when I'm coming to God uh, in, the, in, the, in the person of Jesus and in the Gospels, I'm specifically going to the person of the Father. If I'm getting to the, if I'm getting to God, it's I'm connecting personally with the person that He reveals as Father. So Jesus is that connecting. No one comes to the Father except they come through Me. I am about My Father's business. All the picture of that in the Gospels, which we really have everybody read most. We want you to do Old Testament Bible study. We want you a New Testament Bible study, but predominantly we want you knowing the gospels. And when you read about Jesus, he's off spending time with the Father, communing with the Father. I only say what the Father, I find the Father saying. I only do what I see the Father doing. You just need to see that in the gospels. There's a heavy connection of Jesus staying on mission, staying on focus by going and being continually with the Father. <clears throat> we have an hope arrow, which, which will be right after the big five. We're going to talk about the hope arrow in, uh, in our series. And the, the H's have spiritual conversations. The O is open the scriptures. <clears throat> the P is pray and listen. And uh, on the, when it comes to the pray and listen part, we want you connecting with the Father, spending time with the Father. What what are you giving him? What are you asking? But more importantly, what do you sense that he is saying to you? It's time with him. So the, the fellowship journey, and I'm going to get to a very, 
very valid question here in just a second. <clears throat> the fellowship journey begins right here, and that is creating the fellowship with the Father. <clears throat> I want you to look at 1 John 1, 3. He says, uh, John wrote, he said, what we have uh, seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may have fellowship along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> when we want to get into the fellowship of the church, we have to begin with fellowship with the Father. The, uh, I, uh, even when I counsel people, even my own staff, uh, when I sense tension somewhere, I, I ask, you ask good questions when you sense tension, and I, I, I ask them questions. What's going on? How are you feeling? What? <clears throat> and it's basically, well, what do I need to do? And I'll go, go spend time with the Father. Go off, find a room, shut the door, get away from the media, get away from the noise, and spend time with the Father. You got a big decision you need to make? Go spend time with the Father. Uh, go off and spend time with him. This is where real biblical fellowship absolutely begins. And, and uh, we begin here. If you're craving fellowship, one of the first places you're going to need to do, which is what we try to get you to do with the Big Five and the Hope Arrow, and that is get along with the Father. Spend time with him. That's where all biblical fellowship begins. So we have the church that's screaming for fellowship especially now in the middle of this pandemic, uh, in the wintertime, you know, uh, where groups <clears throat> can pass this around. And I understand that. I understand it from the flu and from codes and everything else. But my, my point that I'm trying to make to you is, could it be we're beginning in the wrong place? That's the valid question. If, if we're desiring fellowship, and Scripture even said, it's in the context of marriage, but it's not good for men for a man to be alone. <clears throat> I know that when, uh, in wartime, when they take prisoners, first thing they do is isolate them, get them, get them off and get away from everybody else. Um, and the enemy even uses that as his own strategy uh, to isolate you, to get you to withdraw. And we crave being with other people, and I think we're meant to do that. But <clears throat> why, why do we want to be in fellowship with other people <clears throat> But whether we are or are not, we can still come away feeling so empty. I think it's because we're not beginning where true fellowship begins. And that is spending time with the Father. I actually think if you don't know scripture, that your spirit resonates with what I'm saying to you. It is spending time alone with him. He does crave that time for us and wanting to be with us. And there, there should be that similar longing for us to be able to be with him. So here's the question, another valid question. <clears throat> Have we replaced biblical fellowship with cultural fellowship? Here, here's what I mean. Is your need to be with others preceding your need to be with the Father? I'm not telling you to be with others. I'm just saying I don't believe the biblical picture of fellowship is to replace my time with the Father with spending it with other people. Sometimes our first move is to get a consensus. Our first move is to gather a council and a crowd of council. And scripture even says that that's a good thing to do, to have wise counsel, to have more than one. There's nothing, there's, but what I'm saying is, 
Are, are we moving it out of place? I, I believe a biblical picture of fellowship is I go spend time with the Father, and then from that time, go seek counsel of godly friends who are in my life, whether it's a pastor, some of your staff, could be your disciple group, people who have mentored you in your life, all those things are involved. Uh, I, I think it's where we're missing it. I think, I think it's out of order because we're going to a crowd before we're going to a father. And Jesus said, when we pray, we pray to the father. We go to the father. He goes to the father. When Jesus needed to get away from the crowds, even the disciples, what did he do? He went off by himself to be with the Father. Uh, in Matthew 6, when it's talking about uh, fasting and praying and giving, uh, the picture is you go along to be with the Father, and the Father who sees you in secret will reward you. So I'm not telling you not to run to other people. Let's just get the order right. Go spend time with the Father, and then move out of that fellowship into the fellowship of other people. What I think's happening is we're craving other people so much, we're running to a group of people before we're going to the Father. And go to the Father and let him lead you to the group of people who are gonna lead you to the counsel you need, the encouragement you need. There are times, uh, especially during this pandemic, I don't think I'm a bad leader, but I don't think I'm a great leader. And uh, you hear all kinds of criticism, should have done this, should have done that. You need to think this way, you need to think that way. And it's tough on pastors, I'm just going to tell you. I think it's tough on everybody. But uh, I can go spend time alone with the Father and just go, man, I just need a kind word, you know. I just need some encouragement. And it won't be long till I'll run into somebody and we'll be, just, we'll be talking or chatting and they'll go, hey, wait a minute. I want to tell you something, and it'll be the encouragement that I need to hear. It'll be a it'll be a text or an email from somebody that I've helped long ago. Uh, and so I went to the Father first, right? And it may have needed I may have needed encouragement, right? And what he do? He used other people to show me that encouragement and to give me the boost out of it. Do you see the sequence of that? I I, I know it sounds too much like a formula, but I'm telling you. I think part of our problem is we're craving people more than we're craving the Father. And let's go to the Father and then let, let him lead us and other people to us, I believe becomes the beautiful picture here. What am I emphasizing? Let's begin right here. Time with the Father is where true fellowship absolutely begins. I can be with other people, but it doesn't fulfill me like it does with being with the Father. Um, now, I mentioned the Father and the Son, emphasis on the Father. Um, I want to tell you where else we have fellowship, and I'm not going to cover everything, uh, but I want, to give you, I want to give you this just to get you thinking and your cogs turning. We, uh, as believers, we're, we're not only having a fellowship with the Father, we're having other believers, each other, and then even others, but we also have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 13, 13 says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I, I, I come into relationship with the Son. He leads me to the Father. No one gets to the Father except through Christ. 
And then there's this beautiful relationship and fellowship that I also have with the Holy Spirit. We have fellowship with the gospel, which is in 1 Corinthians 9, 23. Look at this. Now I do all this because of the gospel. We just handled a series called The Gospel. I do all this because of the gospel. Why? Because through the gospel, you and I are rescued. We come into a relationship with Jesus who then leads us to the Father. You see it? Um, Now I do all this because of the gospel so I may become a partner in its benefits, a picture of sharing, of having community. Uh, Even we have fellowship because the gospel binds us together. We have fellowship in communion. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, the cup of blessing that we give thanks for. It is not a sharing. Is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? You know, when we take communion, it's not my table, it's not your table, it's his table. It's it's in remembrance, not of you, not of me, it's in remembrance of him. And we believe his presence is there. We believe it is there. Even though symbolically it's his body, symbolically the drink represents his blood, it is a picture of I am with you, and these are the things that I have done for you. Even if people are going through critical times, uh, hard hard health diagnosis. One thing I talk to them about is communion because it, it it's communion. Not only does it bind each other, but it's in a relationship when it comes with Jesus Christ. Communion, I believe, is an incredibly binding, unifying moment within the life of the church and the believer. We have fellowship in his suffering, Philippians 3.10. My goal is to know him and the power of his resurrection. And look at this, the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. Uh, In our sufferings, he is near and he is there. There's beautiful fellowship there. He brings a peace that the world can't, that a doctor can't, no medicine can. He brings an incredible peace to us uh, in and through all these sufferings. Not only that, when other brothers and sisters suffering, that's where we come together as the body. I don't necessarily believe you need to have a meal committee Anybody can create the meal train. So when somebody, you got a friend, it doesn't matter what denomination they're in, what church they go to, uh, in your community, I don't think it needs to be turfed off into denominational campuses or individual church campuses. Uh, There are a lot of things you can do to help this family or that person suffering. You can help get them rides to and from diagnosis. You can help get them meals. Uh, it, it, it becomes a picture that I hope you see that, that spending time with the Father, realizing what it is you need to do in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, you're able to provide this incredible ministry for people. Uh, I want you to see the beauty of that when it comes into the fellowship of suffering. The Lord is there, and then the believers are there. We're there to be able to be together. <clears throat> then we share in the fellowship of giving, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Paul said, remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I I hope you're a large giver. And I mean that because biblically, I mean, Paul said, remember this. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Remember that. There's a huge principle all through the gospels. I mean, all through the New Testament, even the old about sowing and reaping. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. 
Uh, I've told you many times, you look most like the Father when you give because he continually, he has given and he continually gives. As a believer, you're not on the receiving end. This is not a consumer kingdom. We're not always there to get the receiving of what God's going to give me. Remember the principle, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Of all that the Lord has done for me, he, he's not asked me to die for him. He might, but he's not asked me to make that incredible sacrifice that he made. But in the, in the spirit of generosity and truth, what I want to happen is this. I want him to know the attitude of my gratitude of giving into his kingdom and investing into his kingdom for all that he has done with me. Can you imagine the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the kindness and the love and the peace and all that he has given to me? And in this lifetime, I'm not investing in the kingdom that so richly gave it to me. I, I can't even imagine that. We share in the fellowship when it comes to giving. And then lastly, we share in the fellowship of prayer. Ephesians 6:18. pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. We're sharing together in the fellowship of prayer for one another. Listen, I understand organization structures and systems. I understand them too well. I help, I've helped run them both in the, in, when it comes into the church and also in, in corporate America. And we live in them. We live in them deeply and sometimes I think too deeply. Uh, I know churches, we're going to have programs, we're going to organize, we're going to create systems, even a fellowship, and I get it. For example, disaster relief, they're coming up now in the spring of this year, 2022, of getting people trained. <clears throat> Is that a systematic, organized way to get people involved in ministry and fellowship? Of course it is, <clears throat> to help people in need. Yes, absolutely. And am I going to encourage you and our church to participate in those trainings? Absolutely. I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, it's a way of sharing and fellowshipping and working for the kingdom and, and, and bringing need and relief to where it needs to be and getting you ready for the next situation. But let's start with this. Let's look at this. Let's start with this picture of going to the Father. That's where my fellowship begins. Fellowship with Him. And then watch what develops in the kingdom from spending time with Him. What's the call that He has on your life? What's the idea that He has put in your heart and on your mind. What is that? What is it? What is it that he's done this? And we're gonna follow the Holy Spirit out of our fellowship with the Father and see what he puts together. And what, he, what happens is the Spirit's gonna move you and then I'm gonna help equip you to be able to do that. Here's what happens that messes it up, I believe. Uh, and it becomes a picture of this. That is, uh, the Holy Spirit's moving you and you don't tell anybody, you don't share anybody, and then you you wait on leadership to read your mind somehow to, in, in telepathic fashion, and uh, you ask us to put it together, and then you move on it. It doesn't work that way. The way that it works is your time with the Father, and uh, because you can't get to the Father except you go through the Son, so you have the Son. There's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sparks something in your life, uh, an idea, a dream, 
that you've had, a ministry, something you want to participate, some way you want to help. And what happens then, then you come to me and you come to others. And we help equip you to carry out that ministry and moving on. Do I believe in organizing? Yes. Do I believe in institutionalizing it? No. Uh, I, I, I know it, beca- it can become a system. The fellowship can become a system. But we organize it to give it life and to multiply. Spend time with the Father. Let him show you what he wants you to do. Let the Holy Spirit well that up within you. And then let the church and the pastors equip you to go and do that ministry. And it's going to be an incredible something that comes together. I mean, it's, it's, it'll be so beautiful in what the kingdom is doing. I hope you see that today. Uh, that really, if we start with fellowship with the Father, then I believe all the other fellowship that you need is going to naturally occur. It won't be me putting it together just because I sense you need it. It'll be the Holy Spirit putting it together because you have spent time with the Father and he has willed you and led you to go and create whatever it is that he's going to have you do. It's going to be a time of encouragement and need and even ministry to other people. I I think you get the point. I just haven't preached in a long time. And uh, I love you and I missed you, okay? And thanks for being with us. You run to the Father, okay? Spend time with the Father and you're going to watch your world and the world of other people change uh, within the kingdom. I promise you that that's what he does and that's what he promises to do in and through us. I love you. Remember that. And uh, pray for us as we get through this COVID time, even in leadership. And uh, I, I love pastoring you, even if it is through the lens, okay? And I pray that we're a blessing to you. I love you. And what do we say to each other before we leave? Grace and peace. And make sure you live in both of them. Run to the Father. And great things are going to happen. See you.